0: X-Men get it, X-Men get it, Come on the Atom. get it, get it, x get it, get it, Is the only podcast on the internet that you can come to, to have have me, Zach Jenkins, and my co-host, Adam Reck, talk about three X-Men stories and decide, in the grand scheme of things, in the multiverse, what's the best, what's the worst, and what's everything in between? Now, I couldn't do this without Adam. So Adam, how are you today?
1: (laughs) I am snowed in. We had a bit of a blizzard today uh so uh you know all of work was closed i i can't get out of my driveway right now so uh it's been a it's been an interesting day but i am very glad to be here with you and uh ready to talk about some pretty cool stories today
0: yeah we got some fun stories to just get right into and these stories they come to us thanks to the support of the people on patreon specifically the support of benjamin Mager. I hope I pronounce your name right, Ben. Because if not, I'm sorry. There's a lot of a lot of letters. Also, wrong. I'm sorry if you don't like being called Ben, but that's what I went with, so we're doing that.
1: <laughs> and thank you, Ben. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes. Also, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Benny here, Benny Boy, Benjamin, he suggested a story that is infamous, famous. Some sort of hmm. must important, I think. The repercussions of this story yeah. are important. It's House of M. House of M. House of M. The 2005. Everybody's favorite
1: letter of the album. <laughs>
0: well, this was, this was a 2005 <laughs> series that took two hot, hot Marvel books. Brian Michael Bendis' New X-Men and Joss Whedon's mm-hmm. Astonishing Avengers, except for just switch those adjectives. Switch the them.
1: I got those adjectives. I, I, screw,
0: I screwed <laughs> them right up. I screwed them right up. Screwed them right up. So just just take those two and jump them back and forth with each other. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this was the first event in a very long time as far as true, like, line wide crossover. Marvel had stopped doing them in around 2000. They said when, mm-hmm. a, what's his name? Pretty cool guy, uh, Joe Quesada jumped in. He said, hey, uh, these crossovers aren't working for us anymore. Let's stop them. And then it took them some time and they said, well, let's ease them back in. And now we're where we are now. <laughs>
1: so, and now we're in overload, uh, you know, crossover every three months. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it was interesting, just some of the backup of this. And you you find this a lot during uh, Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men run. Uh, John Cassidy, who's the uh, artist on that run, mm-hmm. slow is the right word. But they wanted him to be the only guy to do all 25 issues of that book, which did mean that they needed some stuff to keep that core team because that was the X-Men team that had Cyclops and Wolverine on it. (laughs) Keep them in the Mm -hmm. forefront. So they had stuff like House of M and they had stuff like the uh, Phoenix uh, End Song and War Songs and things like that that were kind of prestige minis that focused on that team. And this, this also started that. It,
1: I gotta say, I respect that uh, that creative decision. You know, you gotta let Cassidy do his work because that that book is amazing for a reason. Yeah, and it's it's nice that you have that all as one chunk. It's cool.
0: Yeah, we haven't talked about but, that uh, yet. That's gonna do well on this list. Like yeah, there's four no, it's, stories on there. And they are all four gonna be pretty high up.
1: Yeah, but um, but I think you you probably need to know more about what was happening in Avengers to know what's going on in House of M than you need to know about what's going on in x Men.
0: sure i mean with the x-men stuff you just need to know that charles xavier and magneto have been hanging out on an island with yeah, polaris that's about it. or not players mm-hmm. wanda maximoff uh scarlet witch yeah. his child mm-hmm. at the time
1: <laughs> switches every month well actually depending on the right we're gonna
0: digress for just one second this is this is gonna yes. be zach's hot take corner so well,
1: i like that is this a new segment of the podcast zach's hot
0: take. It's oh, the man. hottest new segment in podcasting. Yes. Look, the the retcon that Magneto is no longer Scarlet Witch's and uh, Quicksilver's father is dumb. It's...
1: Yeah, it's real dumb. It's
0: pretty dumb. That being said, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, while they first appeared in X-Men number four, which was the first X-Men comic I ever read, and that's not a joke... It was a reprint. Really, That's it was. It was one of the '90s early years reprints. But I, uh, I got it and I liked it. Turns out, starting on Jack Kirby's a pretty good way to start. Sure, why not? Uh, even though they first appeared there, they have both been much more heavily associated with the Avengers family. And if it weren't for the fact that Magneto was retconned to be their dad in the '80s, like this isn't that new. That was in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, like no one would even think of them as X Men characters anymore. Sure. So I get it, but Quicksilver is, hasn't been really important to the X Men except for really in House of M. So we'll we'll tie it back into this right now.
1: Well, hold on, Quicksilver will always have a place on Peter David's
0: X Factor. Yeah, but you, you, you know, like that you uh, like that run more than I do. <laughs> I, I do. Just, I it, do. That that run's but, um, just not iconic enough to me. But I, I appreciate the okay. people who like if that's a touchstone for awesome. you more power yeah. you.
1: it's cool um and here we we definitely see uh the maximoff's uh front and center because scarlet witch has kind of lost her marbles and uh is threatening to change our entire reality
0: yeah that happened in uh the avengers disassembled storyline which i don't know if you read that mm-hmm. I I read it. No,
1: I've never actually gone back and read it, but I have a general idea of what happens there.
0: It's not bad. Look.
1: Hawkeye dies, right? Hawkeye dies. It's important to this. Which is important
0: to this. Uh, Scott Lang Ant-Man gets blown up by a zombified jack of hearts. Thanks to Ooh. Chuck Austin for that being in his run. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a hot second like in 2003, 2004 where Chuck Austin was in charge of the Avengers and the X-Men and no one knows how. And I think he had Justice mm. League like coming up. It's bizarre. Wow. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Anyway, they die. Vision dies. Uh, it was a whole thing because mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch's kids got baby hands it it's a it's a look we're getting off track we haven't even talked about the artist on house of m like we're eight minutes in here yeah
1: so um you know i think one of the standouts that makes this so memorable is that olivier coipel is the uh the artist on all of the uh, core miniseries issues and you know we are just talking about the miniseries so we're not going to get into all of the uh myriad you know spinoff stuff that was that was in the different books yeah um, but Koi Pell's stuff here is outstanding. I mean, there's a reason that he is reserved in a lot of ways for these event things, and this works out really well. Yeah.
0: Koi Pell's art is the highlight of this book. No question about it. He's an artist that I've liked for a very long time. I think mm-hmm. I think he's well known just to be friggin' fabulous. And that yeah. shows here there's some really good panels, really good layouts, good design work, which is Something very interesting because while this isn't an alternate reality, it's in an alternate reality that's very grounded, very regular person. Like it's casual. Mm -hmm. Like the Peter Parker design is something that's interesting. It's 2005 is all get out. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. He is (laughs) shaved head leather jacket i think he even has an earring like he's what a cool guy in 2005 looked like or what mtv was saying a cool guy in 2005 looked like but like sure like there's a lot of good design work in this the uh magneto Mm -hmm. sentinels are good we should mention that magneto is this is an alternate reality where magneto is ruling the world and mutants are ruling the world right like that's the theme of this episode so we should probably squeeze that in here
1: Right. Spoiler alert, um, you know, it really does look like either the Avengers or the X-Men are going to come and kill Scarlet Witch. Um, It's assumed that Magneto puts Scarlet Witch into altering all of reality. It turns out it was Quicksilver. And, um, you know, our heroes, with the exception of Wolverine and a couple others, um, wake up, you know, completely unaware of the fact that now their universe is, uh, you know, Magneto- is the grand Lord of of all of America, I guess. I I don't know if we get international boundaries.
0: He he runs America. Uh, What, what specifically they did, which is interesting, is that Scarlet Witch made it so that all of her friends, all of the heroes got what they most desired. They wouldn't Mm -hmm. screw with the world because why would they? Because they were happy. They got what made them happy. So Mm -hmm. you see Peter Parker, Wake up, married to Gwen Stacy with a kid. You see, Kitty Pride just being able to be a teacher somewhere. You see, uh, Colossus getting to just be on his farm in Soviet <laughs> Russia and just enjoying. Yep. Storm gets to be a queen. Uh, the Avengers all get things that the Avengers would like to. But can I can I tell um, you a yeah, issue I have with this book? Mm-hmm. Which this is this is this is like almost peak Bendis decompression. You get the first issue of this book is set up for, oh, no, why Scarlet what's going on with Scarlet Witch? She's going to alter reality, and then it ends on that reality being altered. And I think the last page turn is uh, Peter in bed, and you, the final panel is him with a, pa- a picture of him and Gwen right. married with a family. So you mm-hmm. know something's different.
1: Yeah, he goes through sort of a, a glowing uh, Georgia O'Keefe. um vagina basically <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yep. ends up with a baby crying yep. uh then are you, i'm sorry you were saying peak bend is yeah here. then
0: issue two is literally visiting every character for a page two page sometimes just a panel to set mm-hmm. up hey this is a different world and it beats you over the head with that and then it has to Set up the plot, set up the entire universe of the world of Magneto, set up everyone getting their memories back and deciding they have to fight it, set up their plan to fight it, actually do all the fighting, reveal why Scarlet Witch did all that. And it has to do that by the end of issue seven. So you have five issues to make that happen and you don't get the world building that you really want. I understand it was being done in the spinoff books and everything else, but as a standalone thing of comics, it doesn't work. And then chapter eight, the last one is just hmm. all about the fallout in the real world.
1: I don't know that I agree necessarily. I feel like this has kind of, um, well, I'm going to take this from two standpoints. Okay. One is the, your, your peak Bendis thing, because I, I jotted that down too. um, they put Bendis in control of these line wide crossovers. They have multiple times. All of them seem to involve some sort of uh, moral conundrum that leads to In many cases, alternate realities. You know, we see uh, stuff like this happen in, you know, uh, Civil War II, uh, Age of Ultron. You know, when you read storylines that he is in control of, that seems to be the fallback is that, you know, we've got whatever the moral conflict is that then leads to, you know, wish fulfillment and then fix it. Right. Um, on the other hand, I do think that this has some similarities with something like if we go back to the nineties and look at infinity gauntlet. Um, and maybe this is just, you know, from being kind of like in that era and trained by that kind of a story, Mm -hmm. but infinity gauntlet was interesting because it came out of one book, came out of silver surfer. It was a standalone But then there were also crossovers happening in the individual monthly books. And it's really, I think, the first example of how that happened. I think that's the model that we're looking at here. You've got the conflict set up nice and early, and then the resolution does have to happen fairly quickly. I think in Infinity Gauntlet, it happens in six issues. So you get the crisis and the wrap-up in a very, very quick uh, way. I don't really have a problem with the way in which this is structured, um, especially because if I was... Reading some of these books on a monthly basis, especially Spider Man, I think I would probably have a larger worldview of what the world building was supposed to be. But I I do agree that if you strip all of the other crossover books out, it's very streamlined. You know, I appreciate that personally, just because I want to kind of get the point. You know, I want the action going, um, but you're right. This could be twelve issues instead of just eight.
0: Yeah, my biggest thing is. I don't feel like you get the world building in these eight issues very well. You get little touches of what the characters are doing, like name, this is their job. You get that for pretty much everyone. Yeah. But I mean, like Wolverine is a character in this comic. He's probably the main character. Like he's the point of view guy running through this. Yeah.
1: He, knows what's he, up. Yeah, he
0: knows what's going on, but he doesn't grow, change or do anything. There's consequences for Wolverine that come out of it but it's literally a you know a splash page at the end of issue 8 is his only consequence for mm. this. So I think right. I don't know. I don't I don't absolutely adore this series. But mm-hmm. I I know we're running long on this, but we need to talk about the repercussion of this series cuz it does a big thing for X-Men.
1: Yeah, no more mutants.
0: No more mutants. That's That defined the books for years and years. We only got it back after Avengers versus X-Men in 2012.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned that because um, in revisiting this, I kind of forgot that No More Mutants isn't the catalyst of this story. It's the resolution Mm -hmm. of this story um when they finally catch up to scarlet witch and i was like oh right that's what this story is it's an it's an alternate reality story so you're absolutely right that this does have a huge impact on um you know on continuity Mm -hmm. as we go forward
0: i think one of the parts of this that is an issue to me the concept no more mutants the repercussions of this story are infinitely more fascinating than house of m as a alternate reality wish fulfillment planet like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. No More Mutants is controversial, but it also gave the X line a very specific direction that has frankly been missing since then. Like it gave – it mm-hmm. gave everything moving in. Hey, guys, uh there's No More Mutants. We got to figure this out where right. I think only – like the Bendis era had a little bit of direction, but that was just more because he was running both flagship books. Uh, right. And they tried to – Replicate some of that with uh, the post Secret Wars uh, Terrigen Mist Mm crisis. I think that was a little too similar, but pretty flat. It it felt flat. I did like that all of the books in the line were moving in the same direction, though. Like they all had different tones, they all had different feels to them, but there was a common thread of this is what X Men is doing right now as a concept Mm -hmm. so i think that's nice yeah uh did you have anything else you wanted to add to house of M? because we talked about this a lot longer than i thought we would
1: yeah um uh just one last note um layla miller knows stuff um you know i believe this is her first yeah and she
0: is friggin' nothing in this book she has a plot she's there
1: and seems to know some stuff, (laughs) but then, you know, that's about it. So I don't know. We let's get into, uh, to ranking it. I think this is, this is really good. Um, I think I like it a lot more than you might. Um, and a lot of that might just have to do with how beautiful Coy Pell's art is on all of it. Very good. I do think, you know, if you if we're going back to this idea that this is Bendis doing Bendis as bendis-y as possible, this is kind of the one that I would want to go back to. I don't want to go back to some of the other line wide crossover stuff that he's done. I would rather read this. um
0: i think if that's the case then we need to put it above battle of the atom which is currently number 37 on our list and i think that's fair yes, battle of the atom suffers absolutely. a lot of the same issues as this house of m is probably right. a more direct probably a better story i
1: yeah then i don't think then that we can legitimately go higher than 30 with inferno. it's not better
0: than inferno um, i yeah. no so between that we got uh x factor 27 the gifts issue the first arc of peter mm-hmm. david's government x factor uh the X Terminators inferno which you will have to fight me uh <laughs> the unicef ep- issue of jack kirby and stan lee's x-men mm-hmm. demon the christmas issue of x-men and then the marvel holiday special
1: 1991 all right so i know um you know we've we've we got real angry about Exterminators. So uh is this better than why don't we use that as our, we, our level here? Is this better than Exterminators? I don't
0: think so. I don't think this No, is, okay. Well then I don't go. think this is
1: that's where it should go though.
0: You think this is better than the uh UNIS the Untouchable issue?
1: I do. I, I think that this has much more artistic merit um than that particular one issue, Jack Kirby. God bless you, you're amazing but Coypel is absolutely killing it on these issues. They are gorgeous.
0: Olivier Coypel did not draw a panel of someone yelling at a carton of cigarettes saying no dang cigarettes gonna stop me from smoking it
1: that is true but he did draw these absolutely gorgeous pictures of like magneto themed uh, gold-plated sentinels fine. and the man is is outstanding so good. i think even just based on our taste artistic merit and the consequences of what comes out of this series it's got to go yeah
0: over. fine okay this is this is for coy Pell's art this is strongly for Coy okay. Bell's Art, but it's our new number 34, House of M between the Exterminators issues of Inferno and the Unis issue of Silver Age X-Men. Next up, we have a funny story about this. So, uh, we we plan we House of M was the seed for which the rest of this episode was grown. And when I think of House of M, I think of House of Magnus. So what are stories about yes. Magneto ruling the world? Which there are several. I told Adam, hey, we should do Planet X, which is the name of the Grant Morrison (laughs) Zornito series. Because I thought, okay, that's a good. Right. It's also the name of the planet in Uncanny Avengers Volume 4 Avenge the Earth, which is Uncanny Avengers 18 through 22, where Magneto also helps run a planet of mutants. That's true. I said.
1: So we're not completely off brand here.
0: I said, "Okay, that's fine. We'll do that one then. (laughs) (laughs)
1: and in fairness this also has like an alternate reality type spin to it so it's it's oddly
0: uh, very in line with it
1: (laughs) yes yes uh, though we've we've kind of stumbled onto it by accident so um yeah avenge the earth is uh do you want to do you want to intro your take on uncanny avengers by Remender?
0: Remender and this arc by daniel Acuna, who is also awesome gorgeous such good art this is a good art episode so I,
1: can, can people please pay Akuna more money to make more stuff? Cause I love it. I love when yeah, he works. I it's want great. him to do
0: more things. Yes, this please. is, this is how I feel about uncanny Avengers as a book. It's a quote from someone who's important to me, Nick Miller from the TV series, new girl. And he says, I know this isn't going to end well, but the whole middle part is going to be awesome. And that's uncanny <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> Because it starts pretty bad. The the Red Skull, Oof. World wow. War, evil hate man, and then Havoc's bad speech. Bad.
1: Bad, bad, bad.
0: Axis, bad.
1: Ooh, even worse.
0: <laughs> that, that does not end well. That will, <laughs> that will go low on this list. Oh my
1: god. Please tell me we don't have to do that. Well, we're going to
0: have to do Axis. That's the worst nine issues I bought all of.
1: But let, let's let's talk about Avenge the Earth, because I think when we back when we talked on uh, about Dark Angel Saga, I talked about what Remender's strengths were. Mm-hmm. And one of them is when he completely cuts loose, is allowed to do uh, multiverse hopping, is allowed to put whatever in his crazy mind, uh, characters, he feels like smushing together into a storyline, let him do time travel, let him do alternate realities. And I gotta say avenge the earth is one of my all time favorites. I love, 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 love this story. Um, it has almost nothing to do. Like it still fits into the other arcs of what he was doing with uncanny avengers but as a standalone story it is so insane and it's everything i love about comics well
0: it fixes everything that went wrong in uncanny avengers it's yes a time travel story and an alternate reality story yet all still fitting very neatly into continuity and it's a sequel to <laughs> dark angel saga because yes the whole middle right. the whole middle part of his run that's awesome is just a sequel to dark angel saga Mm-hmm. but with you know more iron not iron man captain america and thor yeah more thor
1: might be a good idea to talk about one of the huge highlights of this aside from just you know the beautiful artwork um which is that kang is the central villain Kang the conqueror
0: um, a, a iron lad uh what else is his name <laughs> uh whatever rich nathaniel richards
1: yeah, but he assembles this villain super team called the Chrono Corps. And uh, Zach, I think you said you wanted to share the the lineup here because it is one of the most bizarre lineups of anything that's ever been in comics. This
0: it's is great. Nuts. This is a insane lineup. It is Ahab, the mutant hunter from Days of Future Past, who is currently appearing on a national television show every week. <laughs> Unbelievable! <but> Unbelievable! True. <laughs> Uh, May Parker, Venom from Earth X. Mm -hmm. Arno Stark, the Iron Man of two years from now. From 2020 with his weird geared shoulders.
1: Those are great. Doom
0: 2099, which canonically is the brain of Earth 616 Doom sent into the future, where he then decided to rule America, and he did it. Makes sense. Magistrate Elizabeth Braddock from... The later half of uh, Remender's Uncanny X-Force run, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Abomination, but also a Deathlock. <laughs> and Strife. Sure. <laughs> Strife. Yeah. And Thor. And Thor. Like, just All right. Thor Odin's son, defender of mankind, is yeah, he's just, just there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good team. We should probably set up this arc because it may sound like we're insane people just blabbering on about comic books.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think – do you want to just you know get to the bottom of it about the Celestials?
0: Yeah, the Celestials blew up the Earth because the Avengers and right. X-Men could not work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they blew up the Earth, and a couple of – all the mutants got put on an arc and sent into the future somewhere. I forget exactly. Yeah, I think somewhere outside of the time stream. Yes. And then just made a planet called Planet X where they mm-hmm. rule – and Havoc and Wasp, who Wasp snuck aboard, fall in love and have a little baby together. And then Kang steals a friggin' baby.
1: Sounds like Kang.
0: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they they go back in time and they say, hey, everyone, let's work together instead of letting the earth blow up this time. And then they do that. Yeah.
1: That's right. Rogue does one of her, I'm going to use everybody's powers that I can touch. And uh, then it really just comes down to Thor and uh, his fancy... Uh, I think it's an axe. Yeah, uh, right? Jamar, uses... the
0: uh, axe that kills yes. gods, the god killer right. axe. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, I did not
0: so, pronounce Jardemar uh, right.
1: Yeah. No, it's okay. I I just think um, you know this does lots of stuff really really well, um, and I enjoy it so much. Well, you um, you
0: did say that Rogue absorbed everyone's powers, but let's be very specific because what I think you heard, dear listener, is that rogue absorbed a lot of powers mm-hmm. what we actually said was rogue absorbed everyone's powers all of the avengers all of the x-men and she was yeah. like i'm a punch a set or not a sentinel a <laughs> celestial it's a jack kirby robot they, they do look similar that's true he had, a, pretty he cool, had a specific though. style anyway this is a fun arc it's got great characters it's got a havoc that i don't absolutely hate it's got Thor being really cool, which, I mean, we've talked on this episode, or this uh, series. I like Thor. I think he's a pretty neat dude. Uh, this is a good comic book. This is the last good thing to come out of Uncanny Avengers before it immediately – no. This is the second to last good thing to come out of Uncanny Avengers before it immediately drive, dives off a cliff. The last good thing is that the results of this arc is that uh, Sunfire, who's on the team – gets his freaking Age of Apocalypse look back which is the best look for Sunfire <laughs> and I do not understand for the life of me why anyone goes back to his rising sun outfit because I don't know AoA Sunfire looks so great
1: That's true it's way better it's really good character design
0: Where should we rank this
1: uh, Oh man I don't know this is kind of tricky cuz I really like this um
0: it's pretty good buh, buh, buh yeah so let's let's go with what i think is a reasonable cap for this it's not better than dark angel saga
1: oh no no
0: which Um, is the other reminder like this is the sequel to that so let's we just make sure that we get that out of the way it's not did we mention that the people who save earth from or save the mutants from blowing up are archangels kids who were raised by king the cult conqueror kids he had uh, with the
1: apocalypse twins
0: (laughs) yeah it was the kids he had with famine i think
1: Uh uh-huh Oh, so weird
0: freaking so weird
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm looking a little i'm looking a, a lot lower than that only because like this isn't a true like x-men core story you absolutely don't need to know this story to know you know x-men continuity so i was kind of looking in the teens here i think it's better um, than daddy
0: cable i think it's yeah i think better that than... that might be a
1: good place to look is somewhere in there on the list you know like we we just recently talked about the early cable and hope stuff um
0: well I'd, you know, I'd even i'd even go a little higher than that personally i think it's probably better than x-men 92 the world is a vampire
1: yes i agree um i would also i mean i did love that what if world uh lord of the vampires but i i like this better this um,
0: is almost equally as bonkers
1: Yeah, I I do like this and would rather revisit it than... Even though magic is really important to chronology uh, and and continuity, I think I'd rather come back to this. It's more fun. Um,
0: This isn't better than the dupe issue. This is not better than Wolverine in the X-Men 17, the dupe issue, which is at number 15 right now.
1: I also don't know if I would put it above Inferno New Mutants, which I also hold in pretty high esteem. So that might be my cap.
0: Yeah, that's where I, I think we are... On the precipice, because mm. I, I agree it's probably better than Lord of the Vampires. It's not better than Inferno New Mutants. All right, well, I so don't know how I feel about it compared to Storm and Iliana Magic. Can I tell you what I okay. th- I think for me might put it over the edge? Yeah, go ahead. This has consistently good Daniel Kuna art, and mm-hmm. uh, Storm and Iliana Magic consistently has house art. And at the end of the day, it does. It's a great story. I like it a lot. But it doesn't have Daniel Okuna just saying, I'm going to be really good at drawing things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So is it 17?
0: It's our new number 17, Uncanny Avengers Avenge the Earth, which is 18 through 22. Now, the last issue we have on our list this day is... A six-part series that set up just it actually I don't even say it set up. It came out in 2001, but this is the last vestige of the 90s. This is right. the this is truly the swan song of 90s X-Men. If it starts mm-hmm. with uh you know X-Men volume 2 1 through 3, it ends with Eve of Destruction, which <laughs> is an X-Men story written by Scott Lobdell with pencils by Lenio Francis U, who is still drawing X events <laughs> in, uh, yeah. in the year of our Lord 2018, <laughs> still doing good ones. Sal LaRocca, who is still drawing stuff. <laughs> and Tom Rainey, who I don't he may be doing stuff for some other. I don't think he's doing any Marvel stuff right now.
1: I don't know that Tom Rainey is working for Marvel lately, um, but he did in in the 90s. He did a bunch of X. Yeah, stuff, like so. he.
0: He's um, not not someone who's working on that. No. Yeah, it looks like he no. stopped doing comics around 2010, 2012. I,
1: you know, I just recently looked him up for some reason. I cannot remember what his current projects are, but, um, you know, his style has changed dramatically. Sure. Um, if I remember correctly. So he's definitely evolved over the years. So compliments to Tom. I remember liking his work back in the 90s. Um, I mean, I <laughs> you mentioned this story. Uh, in a previous episode when you went off on a little side, you know, bar
0: the, <laughs> the, the first, the first appearance of Zach's hot take corner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, Eve of destruction is th- I, this was new to me. Um, this is part of my continuity hole uh is
0: wait 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 you hadn't read the last thing to be released before the x-men were good again
1: no and that's and i think that's one of the reasons why is because i don't know that people were paying as much attention um and to know what comes immediately after that uh after what it is that i'm about to describe it is staggering to read this story knowing what that the very next storyline is uh e for extinction um, because this is not good, um, by any stretch of the imagination. No, is, no. Um, you know the basic premise of these six issues is that Magneto has gone full tilt dictator. Um, has taken over Genosha. He has made human sapiens basically turn into you know illegal rebel fighters. The X Men are diminished to basically nothing there's like three members so Jean has to put together the most ragtag band of all new all different that she can find so it's all new characters with the exception of i believe frenzy um
0: well and north star north i'm star sorry is and on north,
1: team. i apologize north star is also on there um but these characters are woof Yikes. Like we were just talking about how awesome the uh, Kang Chrono core lineup is like this could not be more bland and awful Um, just so that they can go kind of like confront Magneto in a parking lot. He has uh, (laughs) it feels like that. I know that the stakes are supposed to be much higher. He has um, crucified, quote unquote. He's kind of chained uh, Professor X to a cross i'm not sure what the symbolism is supposed to be there but uh then these this ragtag band of of x-men plus scott and wolvie underground in the sewer system are gonna like take him out and it's very anticlimactic nothing really happens
0: um well well hold on because that's scott and wolver scott and wolverine in there uh, i think that's a you issue it's my favorite page of the whole thing where they they're talking about how scott has come back a little bit different mm -hmm. from being possessed by apocalypse which i do like that that is a running thing even before morrison takes it on yes uh but they they make a joke about how they're about to jump the two of them fight the entire army of genosha and (laughs) there's a beat yep and wolverine's like i was just joking i don't i don't want to do this are you you're is something seriously wrong with you because you seemed okay with this idea
1: yeah if you're going to go back and read any of these issues that's the one you should go back to because it's well written um and it's a really fun dynamic between the two of them uh, as they're kind of doing their underground plan of attack thing uh also has uh, a nice random cameo i think he like scott does this cool thing where he shoots down a, a sewer pipe and, and knocks out the blob and random and uh, it's like okay. oh look it's blob and random
0: <laughs> you know it's weird random. Random made his name just showing up in backgrounds of the '90s cartoon, yeah. so good for him.
1: There he is. Um, I, Just from a writing perspective, uh, I find that Labdell has gone kind of like you know. We were talking in our Christmas episode about you know Claremont going nuts with exposition, um, and Labdell does this on like almost every single issue. The first or, or the the second issue in the arc is Trish Tilby. Um, and it's uh, a full issue of just talking boxes, telling you about what's happening instead of showing you. It's not. It's good. the
0: it's the it's the news reporter scenes from The Dark Knight Returns,
1: <laughs>
0: but a whole issue of them, and it's bad.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are good as bookends. You know, we see them used really effectively in, like, let's say, Extinction Agendas um yeah you know with those little heads in the boxes but you know and Claremont used to use them too with his little you know NPR TV gag um he didn't
0: use a whole issue of them though no
1: no no and it you know it just does not work um I think early Lanil U is really interesting to see um you know if you fast forward to the work he just did on um the uh you know the pre- uh, Secret Wars, Avengers stuff. It's so amazing to see the transformation from in this era. He's much more cartoony. You can see the early stages of of what have become the hallmarks of his style, but he's still, you know, he's still kind of like working things out. He's obviously very proud of his work. I think an interesting thing on this is that almost every single page that he does is signed somewhere, is it? which I find really me. interesting. Like he clearly is thinking about the aftermarket, um, of of his work, but <laughs> wow. Um, I will say that there is a, a a really interesting little um detour that I loved. Um, that just is like a two page thing. Dazzler pops into this story for no reason. Um, I mean the she is part death. of how it wraps up, but there is a <laughs> an exposition part about the ex babies. There's now ex baby villains that have taken over the Mojo Verse, killed Longshot. And now Dazzler is like, yeah, I don't know how we're gonna deal with that. And I don't know, has that ever been followed up on? Cause I don't think it has. I think that was sort of a dropped plot point.
0: Like most things that happened in the Mojo verse everyone immediately said and we're gonna move to the next thing yeah i assume that the ex-baby age of apocalypse got canceled (laughs) and moved forward well wait was this mojo or was this mojo 2 the obligatory sequel
1: that's a great question um i don't think she i'd have to go back and see if she specifies whether it's mojo 2 uh but these guys it's just a really funny page to like be in the midst of what's supposed to be this very dramatic story but none of this really works great
0: It doesn't – I mean, like, look, I'm a guy who likes weird teams of Mm X-Men. I think that's something that I've made a brand on. I'm someone who is trying to hashtag bring back Maggot. But (laughs) this team is – None of these guys are Maggot. No. I mean, it's Frenzy, and I know there's people who are saying, Frenzy's a really cool character. That doesn't happen for 10 to 12 more years still. Mm -hmm. Don't even get – 2001, Frenzy was still someone who was bad. You have Northstar, who was angry and just had very little characterization. I don't like Northstar in general.
1: Well, and Uh, his characterization here is, you know, I'm famous, I'm gay, and I don't want to talk to you. And those are those are his only character beats. You know, when you talk about frenzy, Gene actually ends up kind of like using her psychic powers to control her into being part of the team. So she's not even herself as part of this story. You yeah. know, she's, she's zombified. It, it's not good.
0: Then you have Sunpire, who is Sunfire's sister. Right. And it's literally, I am Sunfire's sister. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. That's and it. And then you have, you have Polly Provenazow. Oh, boy. I, I, I murdered that name. I'm sorry, but. Paulie, you suck. You're in six issues and we never need to see you again. Nope. You're the reason why M Day was needed. <laughs> he's yeah, a, he's uh, a mafia guy and right. he's a he's just a dingbat. Mm-hmm. He's mean the entire time. No one likes him. He sucks. Yeah. And then there is yeah. And then there is Hector Rendoza. Mm-hmm. Who is a mutant who doesn't know why he's a mutant, doesn't really reveal his power until the very end where he can be, uh, he can make his body uh, translucent so you can glob her in him, just see his, see his guts. Right. And then he can make other people, like if he touches them, he can push that power over their way. Right. That's it's it. Just... And he uses that to freak out Magneto for a hot second. Yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's all that happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's a disappointing. Dud of a
0: story. It's yeah. everything that Morrison does in Planet X in his new X-Men run, mm-hmm. but way worse.
1: Yeah, and people already don't like that storyline, so Well, not they don't like love this one either. <laughs> you know.
0: Right. I do again, like you said earlier, I think this informs morrison's characterization sure. of magneto a lot more like I, then, that's why uh, the ex officers were like oh yeah that makes sense he's right. kind of been super evil since 1991
1: right yeah it, it is in character you are absolutely right this is totally justifies everything you were saying i will give this um this arc a uh, a little you know, gold star because the first issue of this arc is Kitty dropping out of the X Men after having uh brought Colossus's ashes back um to Russia. And I did like that issue. I thought Wait,
0: that, wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about the standalone? That's not the we're not counting that. We're well, starting w-
1: But it does No, the, that's the, a
0: standalone that we will we will we will rank that separately, my oh, dear. Okay.
1: All right. So let's we'll, just the we'll just Kitty going to
0: Russia that. and doing all that stuff? Yeah. No, that's that's a separate that's okay. one of Scott Lobdell's oddly good character a, pieces you know, that issue. he does in this era. Like he does one with Cyclops and Corsair that I really like. He does Colossus's Dying Issue that's pretty good. There's a chunk in there that isn't awful. This we, wonder, I, is I, that feel, I don't I don't think so. I don't have to trade. Mm-hmm. I read this on Unlimited. And yeah, I just read everything that said Eve of Destruction, or prologue to Eve of Destruction. I think it's x-men 110 x-men 111 uncanny 392 x-men 112 uncanny 397 and x-men 113 that was excellent podcast content right there for you guys (laughs) the reading order verbatim for x-men eve of destruction please don't read this comic this is bad where do we want to put it
1: i'm looking down um pretty low on this um i'm looking x-men mangaverse you know like i'm down towards the bottom here
0: Uh, is it like, I'm looking. It's worse than Heroes for Hope. Yeah, I like Heroes for Hope. Uh, for for what it is, it's just a bad comic. Okay. Um Is I mean, it? It, mm, is it worse than God Loves Man Kills Too? Which is an also a bad comic.
1: I thought this was um, better than God Loves Man Kills Too. I mean, okay. at it's the very well least, since read it God has... Loves Man Kills 2. So. yeah, I mean, I, I think at the very least, this has that Scott and Logan issue, which is fun. You know, I yeah, I think good. that is enough of a reason to, like, you know, hold out a little bit of a hope <laughs> for this. The rest of it's not good. Don't don't read the rest of it.
0: Well, um, then, is yeah. it better than the first arc of X Factor, which Ooh,
1: that's which has
0: a bad beginning? And is, in yeah. fact, it is six bad issues. It's just the last one that Wheezy did is less bad she was just working with she was working with the tools that she was given
1: i don't know man and it's so like you know what's terrible with this i'm kind of like indifferent about it because it's just like you know we're not going to go back and reread these
0: oh i like look i told you i said hey i reread that i read this like four months ago i'm not reading it again those are five issues i don't need to see i this is fresh enough off the dome (sighs) ah
1: i'm gonna say that this is worse than the first six issues of x factor um at least there however misguided there is much more structure and you know we do get you know some of the hallmarks that then stick through for the rest of the series whereas this just feels very slapdash and i really don't get what the point of it was you know it 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 lacks you know it lacks <laughs> so it lacks cool yeah that's fine 58
0: me. i'm cool this will be our new number 58 x-men eve of destruction man nice. why did we make that last that was a downer ending downer <laughs> ending to this
1: we should have finished on avenged the year, uh the oh we were
0: so excited we got so distracted on this episode too <laughs> i'm That's sorry okay. guys we had a lot to talk about i hope you enjoyed the content yeah. uh, the good news about this content is that every week you can find it on XavierFiles.com. that is also where i have weekly talks about different x-men characters like quicksilver this week uh you can also find everything that i do on twitter at xavier files and adam where can people find you online
1: uh, you guys can always go to adamreck.tumblr.com. Um, you can also follow me at Arthur Stacy, the third you know, quote unquote issue of Bish and Jubes, which is called the search for Bish and Jubes," has begun. Um, you guys mm-hmm. are going to be seeing a, at least a page of that for the next, you know, new pages every Monday for the next couple of weeks uh, for at least the next couple of months. So um, enjoy the new story. And uh, you know, so excited. Keep following I'm me. so excited. It's, fun.
0: It, it's- <laughs> the joy to me like obviously we're friends we do a podcast together yeah i say this every week if you guys aren't reading bish and jubes what's wrong with you it's <laughs> it's on his tumblr so. it's on xavier files go for read it it has its own button on my website because i love it so much
1: awesome thank you buddy
0: <laughs> oh, it's okay uh other thing patreon.com supports the whole xavier files media empire so if you want to go check that out it's pretty neat at the two dollar a month level you can actually get an entire episode built around your suggestion just like benny boy had uh this week with house of em so thank you again ben, Thanks, ben. jump in i, I really go ben i'm sorry when you listen to this please don't remove your pledge i know we <laughs> just found every way to say ben it's and okay I mean? you're a very nice person Yeah, me – we didn't do that one. (laughs) Didn't even think about it. We should have. That's okay. Anyway, Ben and everyone else on Patreon, you're the best. One fun note, uh, once we hit the $100 a month level, we will actually be releasing a Xavier Files zine, which I'm excited about. I'm going to be working with some – Pretty killer artists get some cool articles written. Just have have some fun stuff. It's still it's still in the development phase in my mind. But once we <laughs> once we once we're diving closer to that hundred dollar a month level, uh, we are going to get real into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, beyond that, the last thing I did want to mention: there is a comic publication uh, called Panel X Panel, panel by panel, uh, that I contributed to. Uh, the seventh issue that came out this uh actually this week as we're recording it uh it was about the valiant series secret uh weapons oh my gosh sorry i was thinking secret empire no secret warriors no secret war no secret weapons that's what it is secret weapons zero uh i gotta do a little review about uh x-men grand design which is a fabulous book go read it uh and it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you complain about Bleeding Cool and CBR and other comic book news journalism, the best stuff like Panel by Panel and the MNT, it's behind a very cheap paywall. Just go support good stuff. Uh, I, and that's that's the end of Ad Corner. And I think that's the end of this episode. Adam, did, did, did we do well? Did we have a good time here today?
1: We did. And uh, we hope you guys join us the next time.
0: Yeah. Everyone, this has been – Battle of the Atom, we hope you survived the experience. Get it!